scripture reading today comes from John chapter 21, verses 9 through 17. Let us hear God's word. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish. Of them, And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so with the fish. This was now the third the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. This is the word of the Lord. One, two, can you hear me? Is, is mic on? Is mic phone on? Yes, thank you. Good morning, church. I tend to uh, scream when I preach, so you can lower the volume just a little bit, <laughs> please. <laughs> Hope I don't scream too loud, because I have to do another sermon at a local Korean church. A busy Sunday for me. Uh, God is good. Uh, thank you for your response. <laughs> All the time. This I learned when I was in the army as a chaplain. Uh, I uh, often went to gospel church to preach. And I don't have to say much to stir the crowd uh, because they already stirred up. <laughs> you know how gospel church lasts for couple of hours, right? We sing and praise for about an hour and 30 minutes, and depending on my sermon, that's when the uh, worship ends. Likewise, today, I have to rush out to the door as soon as I'm done here uh, to make it to uh, Cerritos uh, by 11, worship starts at 11 o'clock, but um, it can church, uh, start without uh, the preacher and Hopefully, I can get there around 11.15, 11.10, okay, depending on how long I preach today. My seminary professor uh, reminds uh, me that um, if you're a great preacher, if you want to make A plus in your preaching class, do not preach more than 15 minutes. 
give and take two or three minutes, maybe you probably get an A. But if you go beyond that, you will not get a good grade. <laughs> so I'm, it is my challenge today uh, to uh, preach maybe 15 to 18 minutes. That's a great challenge for me because I'm used to preaching 30 minutes or more, longer, because uh, I am so used to preaching uh, in Korean church. Because if you preach less than that, you're not a good preacher <laughs> in Korean uh, church setting. Let me start off with a funny story. There were uh, three frogs going on a uh, picnic one day. Hi-ho, hi-ho, off the work we go. They were out in the woods going on for the picnic. All morning, they were walking, hiking, singing, playing. By the noon, they became very hungry. Oh, we forgot to pack our lunch. And then, right in front of where they were going, they discovered a milk farm. Wow! It's not even my birthday. We have a milk farm right in front of us. So they, all three frogs rushed down there, and then they found, voila, milk carton about this tall, filled with milk. And they hopped in, one, two, three. They all jumped in and started drinking, 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 drinking. And their belly became so big. The milk that was filled up to the rim less to about one-third filled. They didn't have a leverage to jump out of the milk carton so deep. So one frog who was not a believer, unfortunately. Hey, I had my days. I'm satisfied. And even if I die, drown here, it's okay. I live my life. And then drown and die. Second frog, Christian, fervently prayed. Might have been Pentecostal. <laughs> I don't mean to you know, knock down anybody, but Pray fervently, Almighty God, I know you're here with me. You'll help me through these trials and tribulations in my life. I know I have faith in you. You are the God, the creator, God of Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. I have faith in you. You will save me. And pray fervently. Guess what happened? Drown and die. Third frog. Presbyterian frog, <laughs> just like you and I. Just like the second frog, pray fervently to God. God Almighty, you are the God, the creator. I know you will save me. I have faith in you. Exactly the same prayer as the second one. But the being Presbyterian frog, he started to paddle, paddle. Start paddling, 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 and praying to God at the same time. Voila. Milk. Turn to butter. Well, thank you for laughing at me. 
It's a funny story, but it gives us a great lesson. Pray all you want. Pray all you can. Ceaselessly you pray to God, but at the same time, we have to do our part. As God's people, we have to do our part as well. Because Bible says we are, in a way, partner, partners of God's creation, are we not? Amen? Yes, we are. Yes, partners in God's creation. God is still working. God is still creating in our midst. What a privilege God has chosen us as God's people. Not only as a God's people, co-workers to do God's work. Karl Barth, who is a great 20th century theologian, he was a German, taught theology at the University of Basel in Switzerland. He was known as a theologian of the church. His famous magnum corpus book is called Church Dogmatics. It's like, it's like a volume of encyclopedia, huge volume of encyclopedia, divided into five volumes and total of 17,000 pages. Can you imagine? <laughs> 17,000 pages. He was one and only Protestant theologian who was on the cover of T Time magazine, April 20th, 1962 with five pages of cover story on his theology. No other Protestant theologians was covered by Time magazine, like Karl Barth. He was visiting as a guest lecturer in the United States in the 1960s. He visited Princeton Theological Seminary, where Pastor Koh, graduated from, right? Do I have that right? Yeah. I happened to attend Princeton Seminary too. He came in front of many theologians, lay people, students, at a Princeton University chapel. He delivered a great lecture. Being German, he was, about Two hours of great lecture. After that, there was a question and answer session. And no one dared to raise their hand in, and to ask a question addressed to a great theologian, Karl Barth. But there was a one freshman out of seminary raised his hand. I have a question. Everybody looked at him. What? A seminary student, first year? He should know better but they don't <laughs> as a first-year freshman, right? Hey, I don't have time to read that magnum corpus that you wrote, 17,000 pages of church dogmatics. And even, even if I do, I won't be able to understand all the theological jargons and terminologies I'm not aware of. Can you please summarize your entire theological system in one sentence. 
One sentence. And everybody looked at him. You must be kidding. What, in one sentence? How do you summarize your theology in one sentence? Karl Barth, great theologian as he was, he paused for a few seconds and nodded his head and then immediately replied, Yes! Yes, I can! Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. And everybody, all the people that were there, got up immediately and gave him a standing ovation. What a great answer that is. What a great answer that is. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. This I learned. The knee of my mother, who is to sing to me all the time. Jesus loves me. Sums up all theology. Sums up entire book of Bible, doesn't it? God so loved the world, gave us only begotten Son. Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, shall have eternal life. That is a love letter for us, to us. That sums it up. That sums up entire scripture of the Bible. In our scripture lesson today, there's a particular type of love comes to us, which is, I named love, capital letter L-O-V-E, intentionally, intentionally did that, because it's a special kind of love here Jesus is talking about. L-O-V-E, and revisited. Revisited because his disciple, Peter, denied Jesus. How many times? That's right. You know your Bible. Three times. On his way to Via Dolorosa, on his way to Golgotha, on his way to crucifixion, all his disciples ran away, except for young disciple. John was with him all the way through. Peter was quick to respond to Jesus' question many times in the Bible. Hey, who do you say John the Baptist is? So and so and so. But who do you say that I am? He asked the question, not just to Peter, but to all the disciples who were there. And Peter was so quick to respond to Jesus' question, said, you are the Christ, the Son of God. You are the Christ, the Son of God. Son of living God. Perfect answer. And when Jesus said to his disciples, now I am about to go to the place that you cannot follow me. Meaning that he was going to be crucified on the cross, die, rose again from the dead, and ascended into heaven. No matter how many times Jesus taught his disciples, they never got it. They never understood what he meant. 
Listen to Peter's response. No way, Jose. <laughs> Not in this exact word, but no way, Jesus. I will go with you. I would even lay my life for you. I would even take your place. See, Peter was always quick to respond positively to Jesus' question. But where was he? On Jesus' way to cross. Three times he denied. When a young slave girl, Bible says, lady, women, pointed at him and said, Oh, don't you know Jesus? Weren't you with Jesus? He said, no. No, I don't know him. Third time, I have nothing to do with him. But today, in a place called Tiberias, southwestern part of the Sea of Galilee, it's not really a sea, but in Hebrew, sea or pond or, or, or contained water or ocean, they all use the same word. That's why some translation has a sea, some translations has a lake. Well, it's really a lake. Southwestern part of Sea of Galilee, small fishing village called Tiberias. That's where Jesus met Peter, Andrew, sons of Zebedee, James, and young John. When they were fishing, trying to trying to make days living. Jesus said, I will make you fishers of men. Follow me. And the Bible says, immediately they dropped everything and followed him. They were with him for three years. They should know Jesus' mind like back of their hands, right? But they didn't. Whenever Jesus taught them what kingdom was like. They had no clue. They had no idea Jesus was going to be crucified on the cross, and on the third day he was going to rose, rise again from the dead. The key message of Jesus. They never got it. So, after the crucifixion, when Jesus came back, rose again from the dead, he lived with his disciples. He came, it says, revealed himself. That's the word that he used. Revealed him. See, we can only see Jesus. We can only see God when God reveals to us. Not when we want to. Only when God reveals to us, we can understand God's word. See, Jesus revealed himself to his disciples. In 40 days that he stayed on earth before he was ascended into heaven. On this particular day, a place called Tiberias, when his disciples were, they went out for fishing, they didn't catch anything. Jesus was out near the shore of Tiberias, waiting for them. Jesus started his own small campfire. He cooked fish and bread for his disciples. 
they immediately recognized Jesus because Jesus revealed himself to them. So they'll be able to see who he was. And after the meal, Jesus, this scene is dramatic. Jesus cast an important question directed to Peter. Peter, of all this, do you love me? Was Peter so quick to answer Jesus' question? Maybe so, maybe not. We don't know that. But he did respond to Jesus by saying, yes, Jesus, I love you. A second time, Jesus asked the same question. And third time, Jesus asked the same question. Why? A lot of people say, oh, yeah, because Jesus wanted to remind Peter that he denied three times in order to recover himself. Maybe, maybe so, maybe, maybe not. The very first question that Jesus addressed do you love me? The love here, Apostle John writes, L-O-V-E, capital letter L-O-V-E, agape, love. Do you agapeo my? Do you love me? But Peter said yes, but his answer is quite different. He didn't say, yes, I agape you. He says, I filia you. Yes, I love you, but not the same kind of love that you are talking about. I can only love you in a filial love. We all know there are different forms of love in great Greek tradition, right? Agape, which is ultimate love, unconditional love, like motherly love, God's love, highest form of love. Philia is like a Philadelphia. city of Philadelphia is what? brotherly love city. So I can love you, but not unconditionally. I can love you like I love my brothers. Second question Jesus asked, exactly the same as the first. Do you agape my? Do you agape me? Peter gave him exactly the same, same answer. Yes, Lord. I feel ya, love you. But on third question, Jesus changes his love. Of course, do you feel ya me? Of course you feel ya me. Of course not, you cannot love me unconditionally. That was an honest God answer came from Peter. Jesus said, do you feel it, me? And then Peter's response was, yes, Lord. You know all things. What does that mean? You are the Christ, the Son of living God. You are my God. You are my Lord. You know all things. 
Nobody knows everything, right? I don't know everything. You don't know everything. As a human beings, we are not perfect. We don't know everything. But when he addressed Jesus by saying, Lord, you know everything, what he's saying is, you are God. You are my Lord. Yes, Lord. I can only love you. Philia, love you. But Jesus, not even one time, rebuked him. Man, can you imagine? If I were Jesus, <laughs> I would never be, but I would just kick him in the butt or something, you know? Right? Why did you deny me three times? You traitor. What have you gotten into you? Not even one time, Jesus blamed Peter for what he has done. That is unconditional love. That is a love that comes to us for you and I today. God does not ask, where have you been? What have you done? Our sin is completely forgiven. What does that mean? It's far from east to west. God will never ask. We will not be reminded. Come just as you are. That is a great invitation for all of us, just as Peter. That's why Jesus gave him another task. It's like a positive being confirmed, giving him a confirmation. Yes, you cannot love me the way I love you, but you're trying. That is good enough. Tend my sheep. Feed my sheep. So what happened to Peter? Legend has it that when he was to be executed, at the end of his ministry, he was going to be hung on the cross just like Jesus. But he said, no, 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 don't hang me like Jesus. I'm not worthy. So he asked, my head, first. So his cross is reversed form of our Lord Jesus Christ's cross. Yes. He finally got it. He finally accepted and received and knew who was in charge, who Lord Jesus Christ was for him. Brothers and sisters in Christ, I invite all of you, just as Jesus Christ came to Peter, love revisited. Jesus is here today inviting all of us individually, in person. What would be your answer? Let us pray. The loving and gracious God, we thank you so much for inviting all of us and counting us as your chosen people. Loving God, we thank you for granting us unconditional love. Although we cannot love you unconditionally, nevertheless, you still call us. You still love us. You still come to us. We thank you for your great invitation. In Jesus Christ's name. Amen.